T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Did you survive it? Monday night football, NFC East football is just awful, isn't it? Apologies to you folks in Philly and Dallas. This might be the worst division in the history of the NFL. Could we be headed for another division champ who's at or under 500? Cowboys, Eagles, both six and seven tied atop the awesome AFC East. Welcome into Home and Home, a radio.com sports original. We are brought to you by Zip Recruiter, the smartest way to hire. Check them out, Zip Recruiter dot com slash enter we'll bring in elliot shore parks eagles insider from wip radio in just a bit to talk about carson wentz's spectacular second half and the philadelphia fans booing their team off the field in the first half this was not like the new england fans in my opinion the eagles had it coming and you got to expect it from the crowd that famously booed Santa Claus. I'm Dave Briggs, home in Connecticut. Ross Tucker's back home in Pennsylvania after he survived that wet, soggy, nasty Monday night football game in his, I think it was orange, relatively red slicker. What color was that uh, that slicker you wore out there to survive the storm? It, it was definitely orange. It's, orange. it's known affectionately as Big Orange. Uh, we're showing the picture again of it. And once again, I'm a little disturbed by my uh, Spaceballs big helmet look there um, of how big my head looks. For those of you that are listening, we're showing the uh, image of me on the sideline last night at Ross Tucker NFL. Um, You know, I got to tell you something, Dave. People said to me last night, nice parka. You're calling it a slicker. I have never called anything in my life a slicker or a parka. What the hell is a slicker or a parka? And do you have to be a rich boy in Connecticut to call a rain jacket or a ski jacket a slicker? No. Or a parka. Or a parka. No, brother. Not rich terms by any means. Not to say the least. Uh, parka, just another name for a winter coat. I also don't use that one. Slicker, I think, is only used in the situation that you. the only function for that jacket is a night like last night. I have one jacket. I call a slicker because there's only one time I wear it, and that's out there on a miserable night like that. It's a good jacket for you. I think you could get something a little more water-resistant to be quite honest. And and the head, your head does look ginormous, which reminded me of the movie. So I married an ax murder with Michael Myers in this famous, I thought infamous scene from the movie where Mike Myers is making son, uh, making fun of his son's head. Listen to this. Heat, move. Your sherry's lit. Um, oh, I missed the best part. I missed the best part. He says, it's like an orange on a toothpick. But you apparently have not seen that, apparently. yeah. But the head is like a pumpkin 
on your slicker. Wait, why do you think I could get something more water resistant? That's literally a skiing jacket. Yeah, yeah, definitely you can get a better rain jacket. Absolutely, 100%. Now, now that you convinced that's a ski jacket, yeah, that takes in a little bit of water. Uh, we'll see if we can get By to By the way, I got... Uh, I only had yeah. one viewer or listener mention that they saw me on the sideline last night. There was one play where Boston Scott ran out of bounds right near me. It was like a screen pass. He and Ogletree ran, and Boston Scott, I was like this about to hold him yeah. up. Boston Scott ran here. Ogletree ran here. And I, and, and I got one tweet that was like, dude, I just saw you because I told everybody here. And everywhere else, look for Big Orange. I specifically wore Big Orange, although I'm looking on Twitter this morning at some highlights, and I could see myself. I could see Big Orange, like the last drive at the end of the, at the end of the game, not overtime regulation, the one Dallas Scottert catch. I could see Big Orange on the sideline there. Big Orange had a good view of the Dallas Scottert catch. If you go, I didn't see, uh, I didn't see, I was looking. I think if you wore the like bright yellow, if we get you a proper raincoat, then my friend, you will be seen. But then again, you might look like the stadium security last night. Uh, Boston Scott, one of the great stories. If you had Boston Scott outperforming his backfield mate, Saquon Barkley on Monday Night Football, I folks want some betting advice from you. That's one of the things we'll get into in a bit with Elliot Shore Parks from WIP Radio in a couple of minutes. But first, what are we? Uh, this is 11 days of podcast. Yesterday was 12 days of podcast. Um, and, and we're breaking down where we are in the Christmas uh, calendar. And it's getting to crunch time, man. There are fewer shopping days, which means fewer days to get the decorations, the lights, the presents, and the tree we're running out of time, brother. You are up against it. Yeah, uh, we still don't have a tree. We were in Hawaii because I called the Army at Hawaii game and my family came out for a week. So probably didn't make sense or have an opportunity to get a tree before that. That would have been before Thanksgiving. But here's the issue. My wife works full time. And I travel and work on the weekends. So we used to have one spot, Dave, where we live in central Pennsylvania yeah. that was open during the week at night. They were open until like 8 o'clock at night. So we would go as a family on a Tuesday or a Wednesday night, and we would get our tree. That place closed. We are now no longer aware of any place around here where you can go and get a, a live cut tree during the week. It's, or I'm wow. sorry, at night, they all close at like 4 PM. That's, so that, that's, if, un, that's really unfortunate. Okay. 4 PM. I mean, no one's home from work. Yeah. I don't get it either. In fact, this will sound bad, but I'm about to text my nanny and tell her to try to find a place within 30 miles that's open till 8 o'clock at night. Oh, what a rich guy move. What a douche. What a douchey move. Texting your nanny to find you a place to buy a tree, and you're calling me the rich guy? I don't Hold have a, a nanny. That is Hold a, a douchey second. move. My wife works full-time, and I obviously don't have a job 
where I could like take the girls to school or do things. I, I have to be on the air with you. Have to not choosing to. I'm contractually out. And I was kidding. Right, so, right. um, and when you have a household employee, one of the challenges is finding ways to fill the time of the household employee. You know, you want to make sure that that person is busy and that you are, you know, you are allocating their time efficiently. And so that would be a move that I could make. Yes. And in fact, at the next break, I will make it because I do want to be able to get a tree as a family and not have my wife just get it with the girls this weekend. The only time, because Friday I leave to go to the Army-Navy game. Saturday I'm calling the Army-Navy game nationally in the booth, thankfully not sideline. I froze my ass off the last three years on the sideline at that game. I'll be in the booth this year. So the only other time we could do it, Dave, would be Sunday afternoon, like when NFL games are going on. The place is supposedly closed at four. I'll be doing Eagles pregame from 10 to 12.45. My wife has suggested DVRing the red zone and DVRing the Eagles game, going to get the tree, coming back, and then having to catch up on both. Your thoughts, Dave Briggs? No freaking way you cannot dvr red zone you cannot dvr the eagles game that will throw everything off you've got to find another way either one ross tucker has to start getting into the fake tree game that's just going to have to be reality no! in a busy home like no! yours. I, either you're going to have to do that so you have one that can just be set up by your nanny because god knows you ain't going to do it or two you just got to go do it yourself, dude. You just got to go pick out that tree right no, after I, this program is over at 10.30 a.m. and get a tree. Sorry, no, with, I, without your family. I, I could do that. I could do that. But it, it's like a tradition. We've Not always anymore. gone as a family and gotten the tree together. First of all, fake trees should be illegal, okay? If you get a fake tree, China is winning, okay? Let me just tell you that. China is winning. If you Do you have a fake tree, Dave? I've never had a fake tree. I, I can't do it. Not not until the kids are out of the house, and still probably not then. No. If you get a no. fake tree, China is winning. You cannot get a fake tree. That's probably where they're made. They're probably made in China. You cannot do that, okay? You get a real tree, especially, Dave, when you live in, you're from Colorado, you live in Pennsylvania. I got a million trees right here. You know, you know what? That's actually not a bad idea. No. Yes. You're just going to cut one off your property? Yes. No, you're not. That is like a real man. That is not a bad idea. Down there, I don't think they're really Christmas trees, but down there, they look like Christmas trees. I could get somebody else's chainsaw because God knows I don't own one or even just a nice saw and I could saw it down at night, the lighting will probably be an issue. No, don't need to do it at night. We'll do it 8 o'clock Sunday morning. We'll do it in the morning. 
You've swayed me. I kind of like this idea. I do have a lot of friends down here in the Connecticut region that always have a tradition of going out to one of the farms. They go in on the, uh, the, the, whatever the, um, wagon or whatever it might be. Maybe it's a sleigh and they do actually cut down, chop down their own tree with the kids, drag it up to the wagon, throw it on. They say it's one of the great traditions that they have each and every year. I am way too damn lazy for that. And I just don't have the time for that. A couple of hours to go get a tree. We drive about five minutes from my house every year. Same place. Buy a tree. We're in and out of there. Kids are complaining after about eight minutes, five minutes back home. Every year, Ross, here's our tradition. We put up this tree and we go, God, it sucks. We got another crappy, underwhelming, (laughs) shaggy tree i don't we're fooled every year we bring it home we set it up it looks pathetic and we're disappointed we say next year we're going to go taller next year we're going to go wider next year we're going to succeed and every year without fail we fail uh that's actually really sad i used to with my family we used to go out always the friday morning after thanksgiving and we would go and we would actually cut the tree down at one of the places in Pennsylvania. Since we're here at near Reading, where I'm from, since we live here with my wife, we really don't have that kind of time. We just go to a place where they've already cut the tree and we just point out, okay, that's the one we want. And then they wrap it up and everything. And then we come home and I bring it in. My wife sets up the stand and it's got the, the hole up the middle of it. And I'm like, all right, is it in? Is it in, honey? Is it in? All right. Uh, what is sad, though, is I never really have time to put the ornaments on with the family. That becomes a wife and daughter's thing. My only contribution is actually getting the tree. So I need to get the tree. No fake trees. And I don't know how you get a bad one every year if you go and there's a bunch to pick from. Like, how is that possible? I don't know. We're just fooled by the size, the scope, and the scale when it's on the lot. They must look bigger. They must look fuller. Maybe they pump them full of steroids while they're on the lot. I don't know what happens, but every time we get them home, they look uh, just pathetic by comparison, and we've done it yet again. We haven't solved your quandary, though, Christmas tree quandary. So let's welcome in our good friend, Elliot Shore Parks, who... Eagles insider from WIP radio. Good to see you, buddy. We're going to get into this intriguing tale of two halves and Monday night football and Ross Tucker being soaked out there. Can you solve his Christmas tree quandary? Does he go into his yard and chop a tree? Does he go fake? Cause sometimes fake is better than real. Or does he go on and buy one himself and buck the family tradition? So I I'm split on this one. Because uh, I've been listening and I'm torn. I mean, you definitely have to go with your family. Like, you got to do that. That's what I think you have to do. That being said, I am team fake Christmas tree. Like, I think you should just <laughs> join the times, get a fake tree. I mean, what are we proving here? Is this the North Pole? Like, just put put the put the fake Christmas tree. It looks the same. It gets the job done. It's easier. It's better. So that's what you should do. But since you're not going to do that, I think you have to go and miss football and cut the tree down. So I'm going to have to go and miss football, Elliot. Yeah. 
All right, so by the way, let me just say this, uh, Dave. I got a couple things for, for Elliot here. First of all, Elliot and I walked into the stadium last night together, okay? And I'm, I was complaining to Elliot and Jimmy Kemsky from Philly Voice about how I was going to have to be in the rain for four hours. And Elliot, while he's holding an umbrella – before he's about to sit in his press box seat is like, it really won't be that bad. I mean, like you're, you're dressed for it. It really won't be that bad. While Dave, he had an umbrella for an approximately 65 yard walk from his car to Lincoln financial fields, media entrance and used an umbrella the whole time. By the way, I also think, I also I mean, think does, does any does any part of does any part of that story then surprise you that I use a fake Christmas tree? Like, what do you think I'm no. going out in the woods and chopping no. one down? Like, no. Here's the deal. I feel like this is a very Ellie. How old are you? I actually just turned 32. Okay, I knew that. You are so you're a classic right in the middle millennial, correct? Correct. I feel like fake trees are very millennialish. It's the easy way to go. It's the easy way to go. I also feel like umbrellas are very, who you, who has an umbrella? You know, you also wear scarves, don't you? Scarves uh, and umbrellas. Who, listen, real men don't wear, um, don't wear scarves and don't hold umbrellas. Okay. So I, unless I you're actually holding, unless you're holding you. an umbrella, for a woman, and you're being chivalrous, if you're a real man, you just soak in the rain. You just walk in the gosh darn rain because you're tough. And you're you're from Philly, Elliot. You don't need an umbrella for 65 yards. Stop badgering the Look, witness. I agree with you. I'm just too beautiful not to have an umbrella, you know? Like, I need it. I got to look right. I'm in the press box. Like, I had to do it. Everyone's got an umbrella, Ross. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> no, no. Every person Wrong. I know, man and woman, millennial Wrong. or boomer, has a damn umbrella because they're not stupid. No. Why would you have an umbrella? Yeah. It's a waste. Of, it's a waste. To stay dry. So tell me, why would Dave, you get a, why why do you, you get a real okay. tree? So, Dave, what do you have an umbrella for? Just so I know. Is it for the 20 seconds... From when you walk out of your house before you get in the car service to go down to your New York studio for CNN? Or is it when the car service drops you off at the door and you're out for 12 feet before you walk into CNN? What? Tell me exactly when you're using the umbrella, you CNN rich boy, fashion conscious loser. First off, moron, the driver holds the umbrella for me. I don't need my own umbrella for that, bitch. (laughs) Secondly, I'm home at 7.30 in the morning. I drive around kids to school, to appointments, to practice, to recitals, dance, and everything else class. And that involves a lot of parking, a lot of walking. I'm going to grocery stores. I'm going in and out of school for pickup. 
And unlike you, yeah, I like to do those things. Okay, I okay, like to okay. Keep all that and keep all of us dry. It's whoa, just idiotic. Whoa, 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 whoa. We talked whoa, about whoa. this too long. Don't even Let's go there with involved dad. Don't even go there with involved dad. But let me ask you this. Forget your kids for a second, okay? Let's yes, say I you're still wearing want an umbrella, dude. No, 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 hold a second. Okay. Are you wearing a rainproof jacket? Yeah, sure. I don't know. Okay, so then what do you need the umbrella for? Your pretty face, your 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 gelled up hair. What do you need the umbrella for if you have a waterproof rain jacket? I don't educate me on this. Elliot, am I on a different freaking planet than this guy right now? See, the difference is Ross doesn't do his hair. Like, Dave has fly hair. I have fly hair. Ross just puts on some knit hat or, like, a hood up and acts like it's nothing when he walks in somewhere. There, exactly. <laughs> See, that's how that's how Ross is looking. Like, yeah, I wouldn't use an umbrella if my entire face was covered, too. Like, yesterday, he was saying that I was being soft. He had on an entire rain outfit ready to go for like a monsoon it was lightly drizzling for a few hours like yeah i used an umbrella but at least i admitted i was being soft <laughs> i i have never in 43 years heard an anti-umbrella rant until now so bravo ross tucker you are the first in the history of sports or any other form of radio or podcasting to be anti-umbrella I think I have two hey, or three. Dave, speaking yes. of anti, okay, Elliot Shore Parks is known throughout the globe as being anti Carson Wentz. There mm -hmm. is no bigger Carson Wentz hater in the media than Elliot Shore Parks, who says he's not good, says he's a, basically a loser, and also says every game's most important game that Carson Wentz has ever played. Elliot, what is your retort to last night's performance by Mr. Wentz? So you say I'm a Carson Wentz hater. I always just say I'm a Carson Wentz realist. And after last night, I have to tell the truth. And Carson was extremely clutch last night. He led that team back to a victory they had no business winning. He was what you want a franchise quarterback to be. Now, for the first three quarters, he did not play great. But where you really want Wentz to earn his money and where I think he's actually going to from here on out is in these must-win situations. And last night, after struggling in the first half, he was 21 of 33 in the second in the second half for over 200 yards, two touchdowns, and obviously had the game-winning drive in overtime. So everything I've said about Carson is true. But last night, I believe, could be the start of changing the narrative and being, I think, a big moment in Carson's career. All right, let's listen to uh, the head coach. Doug Peterson was on your station, WIP Radio in Philadelphia. You can get that on the radio.com app anytime you want. Coach Peterson on this morning talking about Carson Wentz. Yes, he was struggling mightily in the first half. And again, no Jordan Howard, no Deshaun Jackson, no Nelson Nelson Aguilar. It's been a disaster on the injury front. Here's the head coach talking about the QB comeback. Can you talk a little bit about how what he showed you in the second half and in overtime? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, obviously the first half is, gosh, it was just, it, it definitely didn't go our way. Um, you know, offensively, I thought defensively, real quick, defensively, I thought played uh, outside of the two third downs, um, the two plays there, explosive plays, played really, really well. Uh, kept kept the offense in the game, and then, 
you know, at halftime, we just made our normal, uh, you know, offensive and defensive adjustments that, that we would make in, a, in the normal course of a game. You know, and, and, and for me as a coach, it just it, it was a matter of just the guys just, um, you know, understanding. It, it, became a, it became kind of a pride issue, you know. It's just, you know, we just got to man up and, and, and figure out a way to get this thing done. And, of course, our quarterback did an outstanding job in the second half. He's a great leader of this team. Eagles coach Doug Peterson on WIP Radio this morning. Angelo Cataldi. Uh, here's the realism here, though, Elliot. Okay, fine. They won in overtime. They beat Eli Manning, who had a total of 30 Giants yards in the second half. They needed a comeback to beat the miserable Giants, who might be the worst football team in the NFL. I feel no better about your Eagles this morning than I did before that game. So they play the miserable Washington Redskins next week. After that, they play the miserable Dallas Cowboys. And then they get a rematch with the miserable Giants the week after that. Like, I agree. The Eagles are not a good football team. But you know what? Okay. They're the best team in the NFC East right now. They they are. I mean, I, I didn't think I'd be saying that. All year I felt the Cowboys were better. But right now, the Eagles are going to the playoffs. Like, this is where this season is heading. I think they're going to win out. And I think they're the the best, worst team, I guess, in that division. So, Elliot, it's interesting that Carson Wentz getting so much praise, and I think he deserves it because he made a bunch of clutch throws. Even the Greg Ward drop was a tremendous throw, probably his best throw of the night. Um, And they also had some guys step up, which I'll get to in my next question. But for the first three quarters, Elliot, he was awful. I mean, he missed a bunch of throws, and he had McNabb syndrome, which is even when the guy catches it, it's like at their feet or in a position such that they cannot get one more extra yard after the catch. I am convinced that that game arguably went from what was going to be known as Carson Wentz's low point to maybe... Could you argue, Elliot, the the highest point of his career, just given down 17-3, the two game-winning drives at the end, the situation with the playoffs and everything? Did he go from the floor to the ceiling in the span of about 18 minutes last night? Absolutely. Everything you just said is 100% true. When they were losing that game, I mean, I was starting to write my article. Doug, Doug's a, a mess. Carson can't get the job done. Get the job done. And the reality remains, Carson's not an accurate quarterback. What you said is correct. Like even on completions, he puts it too high or it's too low, and the guy can't do anything after the play. Especially after watching Jimmy Garoppolo in that 49ers offense on Sunday, he puts the ball in a place where his players can go for yak. I mean, that fourth and two play to George Kittle, he put it in a great spot, giving him the ability to go up the field. Carson doesn't do that. But here's the thing. I've been critical of Carson in losses where he's played better than he did last night. So if Carson got the job done in the fourth quarter, that's more important to me than him earning style points early on. And he could have played better, but too often in Carson's career has he played better than he did last night and the team still lost. And people go, okay, well, Carson's not the problem. Last night, Carson wasn't just not the problem. He was the solution. He led the team to the win. So you're right. It went from the low point to the high point. But the game ended where it is, and that's at the high point. And I think, really, for the first time in his career, 
he has a chance to lead this team to something. I mean, in week in 2017, week 14, he tears his ACL. 2018, week 14, he uh, is the last game he plays, and he's out for the rest of the year with his back injury. Last night, week 14, big comeback win, and now the playoffs are right there for him. So, yeah, it was a roller coaster, but the important thing is it ended with Carson's arrow pointing up. So here's the other thing I think is crazy. Uh, you know I did the preseason games for the Eagles. Elliot, in the fourth quarter of that game, there were important snaps in which the Eagles had guys out there that didn't even start the preseason games. I mean, it was unbelievable. Boston Scott, Josh Perkins. I mean, these guys did not even start the preseason games. JJ JJ Ortega Whiteside, Greg Ward, and yet they were making plays. I guess it's a two-part question. The first one is, and maybe it's obvious, did you know Boston Scott had him? I was going to ask you who impressed you the most out of that bunch. It's clearly Boston Scott. Mm -hmm. So I guess I'll just ask you the second part of the question, which is where do the Eagles go from a skill position standpoint from here, assuming Alshon Jeffrey's out, including what do they do now at running back with Boston Scott? I think it's obvious what they do, right? They play the guys that help them win that game. I mean, I've been watching this Eagles offense for a year and a half with guys like Alshon, with guys like Aguilar. Look, stale, boring, frustrating. I mean, when those guys are on the field, sometimes it looks like they're just throwing the ball into a brick wall and they can't get anything going. And that's on Carson. That's on the receivers. It's on Doug. But last night when Boston Scott had the ball, it was such a breath of fresh air for this offense. When Greg Ward gets the ball and runs after the catch for a first down, those aren't things you've seen. I mean, you mentioned Greg Ward. Uh, he, you know, he almost had a big touchdown in the fourth quarter, and he caught another one that was called back due to a holding penalty. So he played great. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside made a big play. And the reality is this. Like, I think the Eagles are going to the playoffs, and what happens there remains to be seen. But ultimately, this is not a Super Bowl contending team. This team needs to end this season with positives for next year. And Alshon's not going to be here next year. Aguilar's not going to be here next year. Jordan Howard might not be here next year. And maybe Deshaun's not even here next year. So if I'm the Eagles and I'm looking at these three very winnable games against bad opponents, I'm saying what matters more to me? And that's Carson, Boston Scott, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, Greg Ward, Miles Sanders, Dallas Goddard. Like, let's see what these young guys can do. And if those guys play big roles leading you into the playoffs, then this offseason looks a lot different as opposed to, you know, trucking along, going back to really what hasn't worked, and then still somehow getting in. Last one, Elliot. What is going on with the Eagles allowing Darius Slayton to just run right by him for long touchdowns? It was really the only chance the Giants had to win the game was if they let Eli somehow throw deep balls to, like, Darius Slayton. And that's exactly what happened. What is going on? Yeah, so last night it was Darius Slayton. The week before it was Devontae Parker. Earlier in the season it was Adam Thielen. I mean, Ronald Darby is not a quality NFL cornerback right now. You see that. Each week, opposing offenses attack him. That's who they go after. And that's scary for the Eagles because Howie traded a third-round pick to get him. He re-signed him this past offseason, and they've handed him the job time and time again. So, Darby's not going anywhere. Now, the good news is 
Overall, the Eagles' defense has held five of their last six opponents to 20 points or less. So they're still playing well. But you're right. Darby is the major weak point of this offense right now. And next week against, you know, Terry McLaurin uh, on Washington. Two weeks with Amari Cooper. Like, that is going to be a problem. So the Eagles need either need to figure out a way to hide Darby or they just need to man up and bench him because he's not playing well right now. All right, uh, we're going to get to the rest of the NFC East with Elliott Shore Parks after a quick break, including Jerry Jones on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas this morning, weighing into the Urban Meyer discussion as only Jerry can by putting out a fire and then by putting a little gasoline on said fire the way he often does. We'll take a quick break after a word from our friends at ZipRecruiter, Ross. Yes, and here's the thing. You can keep playing the music if you want while I talk and do this. I kind of like the music behind me while I'm talking. I wish my whole life I had music behind me while I was talking and telling people about wonderful things like ZipRecruiter. Jerry Jones probably going to go ahead and get a new coach. He should probably go to ZipRecruiter because ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. Hey, Jerry, it finds them for you. And its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job so you get qualified candidates faster. In fact, I know a guy named Dylan who was amazed how quickly great candidates were applying for his new director of coffee in just a few days. That could be you, Jerry Jones, head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Candidates probably get some good ones. In fact, you probably have four out of five employers like they do on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter the smartest way to hire. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Only one division in football have all four teams won a Super Bowl, but is that division, the NFC East, the worst historically? The NFC East had combined 17 and 35 after last night's barn burner in the rain. Eagles beat the Giants, survive the Giants, really. Home and home of radio.com sports original. We are brought to you by Zip Recruiter, the smartest way to hire. Check them out, ZipRecruiter.com. 
com slash E-N-T-E-R. I'm Dave Briggs, home in Connecticut. Ross Tucker back home in Pennsylvania from the Monday Night Football Eagles and Giants game. And Elliot Shore Parks, our Eagles insider from WIP Radio. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys, as we stay in the NFC East, clearly going to be in the market for a new head coach next season unless a miracle happens and Jason Garrett makes a let's just call it Eli Manning-like run to win the Super Bowl. So the rumors have been flying that Jerry Jones has already met with Urban Meyer, the former Ohio State coach who is now a broadcaster for the Fox College football coverage. Jerry on 105.3 The Fan talking this morning about how he is the best person to be the GM of the Cowboys and run the player personnel and also asked about a potential meeting with Urban Meyer. Listen. Uh, can you confirm that report? There's been a recent meeting between Stephen or yourself and Urban Meyer. That's not correct. I can, I can confirm that it is absolutely not correct. With you guys? We have, not, we have not met with any coach, not met with any, specifically uh, why in answering that question, I don't want to imply that we wouldn't in a way that would diminish uh, the credibility of uh, the or in this case, a player or somebody you're asking about. Normally when somebody says, have you met with such and such? Are you interested in such and such? And you said, I have not. Its implication is you're not interested. That shouldn't be uh, brought uh, forward either. The facts are we just have not talked to any coach potential coach in the NFL. Why do you feel that you're still the best general manager for this football team? Well, uh, I've always thought that uh, when you cut out uh, the, uh, uh, when you can cut out the person uh, between the decision maker and the people doing the recommending then you can make quicker, more succinct, and more responsive decisions. The very first press conference I was ever involved in, I explained to everybody how I was going to run the Dallas Cowboys since I owned them. The very first one. And I said I would be involved in everything from this to jocks and socks, whatever. And I'm not trying to be uh, cute. There has never been any doubt in anybody's mind how I run the Dallas Cowboys and how I ran the Cowboys from the day I got here. Nobody can uh, exchange a player. Nobody can do anything unless I have approved it tacitly or otherwise. It's my pie, and I'm going to hand out the pie at my party. That's Jerry Jones on 105.3 The Fan this morning. A lot to unpack there, but let me start with this. Elliot Shore Parks from WIP Radio. Okay, earlier Jerry Jones was asked about Jason Garrett and said he'll be coaching in this league next year, mm-hmm. clearly pouring more fire, more gasoline on the fire. Why does he just not say, no, I haven't met with Urban Meyer? Why elaborate and say that's not to say the Cowboys would not have interest in Meyer should they be in the market for a head coach? 
Well, it's clear Jerry Jones knows what he's doing, right? I mean, that quote right there is just the perfect picture of why the Cowboys have been a complete disaster and disappointment for basically 20 years, right? I mean, look, you say that quote about uh, your head coach, as you mentioned, just further making situations worse. Then you're given a pretty easy answer or question of saying, have we met with Urban Meyer? And you can't help yourself from just going on and saying, but that doesn't mean we're not interested. So it's pretty clear right now the Cowboys, as I said, when talking about the NFC East, the Cowboys are a complete mess. Jerry Jones is to blame for that. Jason Garrett not being a good head coach is to blame for that. But ultimately, it's Jerry. It's how he runs things. It's the uh, it's how he allows just so much dysfunction to go on within his organization. And the sad thing is, it's coming from the right place. Jerry Jones wants to win. He's in there because he wants to win another Super Bowl. He just doesn't know how to do it. So as long as he has control, then you're going to see the Cowboys struggle to consistently win, even though they have a pretty talented roster. Yeah, and I, I'm fascinated, by the way, to see how Urban Meyer would do in the NFL, and in particular with the Cowboys. I actually hope that that happens. Let me ask you this, though, Elliot, as it relates to the Cowboys or the Eagles, especially if the Eagles were able to get a little bit healthier, but who knows. Am I crazy to think that if the Cowboys win the division – that they couldn't win a playoff game or maybe two, but especially a home playoff game. Like, I know the NFC East is the NFC least, and I know the records are bad, and the winner of the division is going to be 9-7, and seven, maybe even 8-8, eight and eight, uh, which I doubt, by the way. I think they'll be 9-7. and seven, But um, we know that that's a possibility. Yeah. I just still feel like the Cowboys and Eagles are talented enough where they could win a home playoff game and maybe even the next one. I don't think they would, but they could. Is that crazy or do you agree? No, I mean, there's a reason the teams are both so disappointing, right? They were viewed as two of the best teams in the conference coming into this season. And that's proven not to be correct. But I'd even go as far as to say, I think if the Cowboys or the Eagles win, one of those teams wins a division and they get the home game, I think they absolutely will win that first home game. Because you're going to be at home, you're going to be hot, you'll, be, you'll have the momentum. And if you look at the teams that could potentially come come to their Philadelphia or Dallas, Seattle would, would be tough with their playoff experience, but the Eagles were competitive with them two weeks ago when they were playing far worse than presumably I think they will be if they get in the playoffs. If the 49ers come to Philadelphia or Dallas, that's a team that's that's great, but Garoppolo has no playoff experience and Shanahan's never coached a uh, playoff game as a head coach. Doug Peterson's 4-1 and one in the playoffs. Now, Jason Garrett is not, but I think that the NFC East team that gets in will be uh, hot at the time. So, no, I think that overall, if you're in the playoffs and you're at home, you have a chance. And if you win that game, you have the momentum. We saw it last year with the Eagles. They went into New Orleans and almost beat a team that they lost by 35 points to earlier in the year. And I think that the Packers are good, but they're beatable. We saw the Eagles beat them. The Saints are really the only team that I think either the Eagles or the Cowboys would have a ton of trouble with going there just because of the lack of playoff experience the 49ers have. The Packers have proven eminently beatable. Boy, they couldn't put away the Washington mm -hmm. Redskins on Sunday. That whole game felt like your Aaron freaking Rodgers put away this miserable football team and Dwayne Haskins, and they simply could not do it. That team is very beatable, and I don't disagree with you, though I would favor either Seattle or San Francisco in Dallas. 
My takeaway from this whole situation is why the hell should a 13 and three team theoretically in San Francisco or Seattle, if they don't win their division have to go on the road to Dallas or Philly for the first round of the playoffs. We've seen this before 2010, the Seahawks were seven and nine. They won the division 2014. The Panthers were seven, eight and one, and they won the division. So it's not the first time, but is at least time to call for a consideration of reseeding in the playoffs. Elia, do you really believe that this system is best where Dallas or Philly should host a game to start the playoffs? San Francisco or Seattle should have to go on the road, far superior teams and seasons. Absolutely. I don't think they should change the system at all. And you want to know why? Because in two weeks, in two weeks, when Dallas comes to Philadelphia, that'll be a huge game because of the implications of winning the division. When the 49ers and the Seahawks play later in the year, that'll be a huge game because of getting the one seed versus traveling. So, yeah, is it fair that one of those teams is going to have to go on the road? Maybe not. But you know what? Those are the rules, and they're better set up that way because it creates more intriguing matchups during the year, and it creates the reward of winning the division. I want divisions to matter. I like indivi- I like rivals within the division. I like the fact that winning the NFC East is a big deal to these teams. If you take that away, then what are you what are we really doing here? I mean, it's basically a college football playoffs at that point, right? Like the the team that wins their division should be rewarded for it. And so I I don't think the system should be changed at all. Totally agree, Elliot. Uh this is one of the few things you're right on and Dave is I'm wrong always on. Right, man. You know that. Yeah. D- D- Dave's <laughs> wrong a lot. Dave's wrong a lot, but this is a one that you are right on. The integrity of the division rivals and winning the division and the importance of division games, that matters. That's very important within the context of 32 teams, eight divisions, all of that stuff, four teams in each division. It matters a lot. And by the way, my argument would be for the Niners or the Seahawks, number one, win your division. And number two, the Seahawks, just lost their first game on the road. The Niners just beat the Saints in the Superdome. If you're that good and you're that much better, then just win. Then just win the road game, the road playoff game. It's not even like home field advantage seems to be that big of a deal anymore. My question for you, Ellie, is something Dave and I touched on briefly earlier. Eli Manning now has a career-losing record as a starting quarterback in the NFL. You're a young guy. They don't have young guys like you on the Hall of Fame panel, Hall of Fame committee. But let's pretend like you were. What would be your argument? What would you say when Eli Manning's name came up for the Hall of Fame? Eli Manning is without a doubt, 100%, a Hall of Fame player. I don't even think this is a debate. I think the fact that it is is silly. He's more of a Hall of Famer than Phillip Rivers. I don't care what Phillip Rivers' numbers are. He's more of a Hall of Famer than Matt Ryan. I don't care what he's done either. Eli Manning won two Super Bowls. That is the point of playing this game. The point of being a quarterback is to win Super Bowls. Eli Manning has been a huge part of the story of this league for a long time, which I believe is important when talking about the Hall of Fame. I think sometimes we'll get so wrapped up in stats, but it's so hard to gauge from from error to error. Eli Manning, was he one of the top five quarterbacks of his generation? No, but he still won two championships. He beat Tom Brady and Bill Belichick by doing it. He is a Hall of Fame player, and there's no doubt about it. 
Do you think he's done? He said he does not want to be a backup, does not want to be a coach. I can't imagine he gets a starting job given to him, given the veteran quarterbacks, Andy Dalton, Cam Newton, Teddy Bridgewater, and a really good rookie class to have Mariota out there, could have Jameis Winston. Uh, is this it for him? I think it probably is. Last night after the game, yeah. you saw a lot of his family was there. They were they were in the hallway together, and it looked like they were doing some reminiscing. I think they kind of knew this could be his last start, or at least definitely his last start for the Giants. The only caveat I would say is if he does retire and then midway through next year, a contender loses a starting quarterback and a healthy Eli Manning is sitting there, I wouldn't shock me if maybe then he came back. But I agree with you. This offseason, I don't think he signs with the team to either compete or to be given the job because of the other uh, higher quality. I mean, it's not like Andy Dalton and Cam Newton are world beaters, but they're, they're, they're better than Eli Manning at this point. So I, I do think Eli will, will retire this offseason, and then we'll just see if he's given an opportunity later on that he likes. Eli Face has a couple more weeks left on it. We only have a couple of weeks before Christmas Day is here. And a question that's been looming for the past couple of weeks, Elliot, Talking to Elliot Shore Parks, WIP Radio, Eagles Insider is, would you, have you purchased exercise equipment for your wife? And of course, we're talking about the Peloton ad. Did you find mm -hmm. that ad offensive? Is it the wrong thing to do? Is it sexist to buy a woman exercise equipment for Christmas? Well, I really want a Peloton, so I'm hoping my girlfriend buys me one for Christmas. I'll start with that <laughs> in right. case she's listening. But outside of that, no, I, I, I mean, I personally don't think it is. I guess it would depend on the dynamics of the relationship and those things. But, uh, you know, I, I like to give people the benefit of the doubt. And I think if you're buying somebody a gift, you're doing it with the right intention. So if you want to give someone you care about some workout equipment, you know, I, I think you, you, you just go for it. Hey, uh, Elliot, just so I understand, did you just publicly ask your girlfriend to get you a $3,000 gift for Christmas? Is she yeah, rich? Yeah, but I've been asking for over Is her dad, is her dad Michael Bloomberg? Yeah. You ask your, <laughs> you're not even married. You ask your girlfriend for a 3000 Are you guys engaged, Elliot? Hey, man, shoot or shoot, you know? I got to try. I got to I gotta try. No, we're not Dude, engaged. you so are maybe, the biggest millennial Peloton, of all time. But maybe if I get a Peloton, who knows? Who knows what could happen if I get that Peloton? I mean, between the glasses and the pods and asking for your girlfriend to give you a $3,000 gift for Christmas, you got to be kidding me. Um, I'll get a little personal here. Do you guys live together? We do. We do. We are in the house we purchased right now. Okay, so do you have a tree? We do. It's right over there. It's beautiful. It's fake. I'm going to put it in the basement when it's done. So I, it's, well, life is good right now in the Shore Parks household. All right, so you guys, okay, so you guys live together. That's a little bit different on the Peloton thing because then she gets the benefit of it too. Um, exactly. And I always think it's interesting. Did you ever have a Christmas tree, Elliot, before you had a live-in girlfriend? Uh, like in my own apartment or you mean like growing up? No, no. Like five years ago. No, absolutely not. No. All but right, I so, will say, so, <laughs> well, I was just going to so say, when I live a, by you myself. You don't get a Christmas tree. You don't get a Christmas yeah. tree until you have a female living with you. Is that fair? 
I think it's about right. <laughs> I, I really, I mean, look, I didn't get one until I was married. So the other funny thing about living with my girlfriend now in the holidays is she's into decorating the house. And when I was living by myself, I would never do things like that. But I got to say now, like I come home, there's a nice Christmas candle lit. We got some things hanging on the wall that are very seasonal. It's it's nice to walk into. So if you're a single guy out there listening, I think just embrace it. It's a better life. Just hang some stuff up, get some candles. We have a little cookie jar out that has an elf on it. So I would just go for it. Life hacks from Elliot Shore Parks and Eagles advice. Who wouldn't marry this guy? I mean, she's <laughs> going to say yes, brother. You are the complete Absolutely. package, Elliot Shore Parks. And so let me give you a little advice before we go and we're out of time. You're going to marry this, this lovely young lady. Don't ever buy her exercise equipment unless she clearly and blatantly asks for it. Like it's got to be very obvious. I've done it twice, an elliptical machine and a Peloton. And it was only because my wife in both cases was overtly asking just for that and for nothing else. I can't imagine another dude that buys unprompted exercise equipment for their wife. That is a bad move. Save your marriage that hasn't yet happened, Elliot, and follow those Dave Briggs rules. Well, marital I, I would I would argue that an elliptical machine doesn't really count as an exercise piece of equipment. I mean, that's <laughs> hardly an exercise. So I think you're more just one for one, but I will I appreciate the advice. All right. That'll do it for us today for Ross Tucker and Elliot Shore Parks. Appreciate all the time today, Elliot. That'll do it for us on Home and Home today. We'll see you on a hump day. Hey, everybody. It's Ross Tucker. Thanks for listening to the Home and Home podcast. Remember, you can watch or listen live every day exclusively on the radio.com app or on the web at radio.com slash home. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.